0: and give you peace. In this episode, we'll begin a study of the book of Philippians from the New Testament. If you have a Bible with you, turn to Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, and follow along while I read. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Here, Paul is writing to a church that he helped start in the first city in Europe that he seems to have visited and preached in. He visited there at least three times and had a deep affection for these people. And as he begins his letter, He points that out. He's very effusive in his praise and love of these folks. But there are a couple of phrases in here that deserve a little more attention, things that help us to see why Paul was so grateful for their companionship and how together they were maintaining progress toward their goals in Christ Jesus. Paul mentions the word grace in this short passage twice. He extends a greeting of grace to them. But later on, Paul mentions the fact that they are partakers or companions with him in grace. A companion, someone that we spend a lot of time with, typically going places or traveling. And through this letter, Paul is going to be describing the path that they're sharing together and describing what they've been through and what they can expect on the road ahead. This path that they share together is one of grace. And by looking at this letter, we ought to be able to see how to join them on that journey, on the way of grace. First of all, I think we need to notice that this way of grace is a journey with Jesus. While they are companions on that journey and they're sharing the road together, it is a journey with Jesus. In verse 6, Paul said, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Paul is letting us know that we're a work in progress, that Jesus started that work and he'll complete the work. He'll continue that work through the course of our life as we're with him on this journey to the finish. In that same verse, Paul also lets us know that this journey on the way of grace begins with surrender. When he lets us know that it's Jesus who is doing the work, he's driving the car, all we can do is get in the car and go along for the ride. We don't get to demand to drive. We don't get to give directions or uh, dictate when we stop and go. We give ourselves to the journey. We follow Jesus completely and go wherever he takes us. As long as we're still trying to dictate the path and drive the vehicle ourselves, we haven't surrendered to God and his path. We're not on the way of grace. We're not traveling with the companions that will get us to the finish line for our eternal home with God. And Paul mentioned some other things about this way of grace. One is that it seems to spread joy and thankfulness. Starting in verse 3, he said, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day till now. Paul was experiencing joy and thankfulness because of their companionship, because they were journeying together on this way of grace. And these things came from participating in the gospel. And I'm not sure what always comes to your mind when you hear a phrase like participating in the gospel. Some of us imagine maybe sharing the gospel, but I think maybe it's more living the gospel. I think about what Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. He was quoting the book of Isaiah, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor." Participating in the gospel means that we are actively involved in the lives of others, helping to free those who are oppressed, helping those who are downtrodden, outcast, trapped in their sin or other circumstances to experience freedom in Christ. That means we're going to show kindness and be giving and loving toward those folks so that they can find their way onto the way of grace. But we have to understand, even from Paul's statement here, that that can create some suffering in our lives. Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter, and they were participating with him in that imprisonment. They were sending him the things that he needed to sustain life. There were probably others who had been put in prison as well. But this participation in the gospel that brings joy and thankfulness on our journey of grace can lead us to experience things that are unpleasant for us. And we can't stop just because it's unpleasant because the journey's not about us. It's about honoring God, allowing God to be honored through us and giving our time, attention, and resources to those who need God desperately, letting God use us to experience his mercy and grace. Also from Paul's comments, it seems that this way of grace increases love. In verse 9, he said, And it's my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. As these church members in Philippi are traveling companions of Paul on this way of grace. And they are growing in their love. And their love seems to be increasing real knowledge. And it increases their awareness, their ability to discern what's right and wrong, what's good and evil what they should be doing, and what they should be avoiding. A lot of us go through life totally oblivious to what we should be doing because we're only reacting to what we want. A love for others and a love for God makes us more and more aware of the things we should be doing to honor Him and to love His people. We also learn from Paul's comments here that this way of grace discovers excellent things. In verse 10, he said, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. I don't know if you've ever traveled out into the wilderness or gone on a road trip and found some unexpected treasure or pleasure, something that may have been unintended, but may have ended up being the highlight of your trip. Those are usually the stories we share when we reach our destination. Paul says, as they are traveling companions on this way of grace, they're going to discover some excellent things. They'll be able to discover or distinguish between things that differ. Their increased love will give them the ability to make the right choices. And as a result, the journey is enhanced. We find things that are excellent, that should be treasured, that should be held on to, things that we will be storing up in heaven. But this way of grace also bears fruit. Paul calls it the fruit of righteousness in verse 11. He says that you'll be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to glory and praise of God. Fruit is often how the New Testament describes the fruit results of us being devoted to Christ and following in his footstep. The outcomes that we experience as a result of listening to God and doing what he says are blessings, but they're also the fruit that we bear. And that can be reproducing ourselves by making more Christians, or it can be seen in the fruits of the Spirit developing in us, like love and joy and patience, and kindness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, all of those things that are mentioned in Galatians. But notice, we can determine whether our fruit is righteous fruit or not. As we share this journey on the way of grace, and we're experiencing results along the way, we can look at the fruit that we're bearing and see if we're on the right path. And the way that we can tell whether or not our fruit is the fruit of righteousness is whether or not it comes from Jesus. Is it Jesus doing the work in us or is it us manipulating the circumstances to get what we want? And secondly, does it cause God to be glorified and praised? If Jesus is doing the work and God's receiving the praise, it seems that this is the fruit of righteousness, and is a good indicator that we are on the right path, the way of grace. Yeah. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.